Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Hope you didn't miss us too much yesterday. We were crossing the United States very, very actually. <laughs> I don't say literally because we weren't on paper, but very actually, uh, physically crossing the United States. We were traveling from Sacramento, California to Orlando, Florida, so that we could drive three hours to go home. Here we are home for two days, I think, and then we're back on the road again. We will be in Wisconsin this coming Thursday. Uh, what day is this Thursday? I think it's April 7th. Or, no, Sunday. Sorry, Thursday. See, this is what mass migration does to your brain, right? <laughs> so uh, this Sunday, we will be in Wisconsin. And then after that, traveling on to North Dakota, where we'll be teaching next week in North Dakota. And I'm so excited about bringing a Liberty First tour to both Wisconsin and North Dakota. I I don't know, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've been to North Dakota. So I want to thank Dustin for bringing us there. And we're going to be teaching. Don't tell anybody. We're going to be teaching the legislators in North Dakota. Yes, we can add one more state to our constitutional uh, training list as far as uh, those representatives go. And I'm very, very excited about it. So join me in prayer. Join me in prayer uh, for open ears, open minds, open hearts, receptive minds for this constitutional truth and duty upon our state and local representatives. And uh, so I'm just, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just super, super, super excited about being there. Also super excited. Look, I have my, we're backwards. This thing makes it backwards. My socialists suck coffee mug. If you're watching me here on YouTube, you can see it. So you see the the socialists suck on the front and then on the back, you get a list of all of the atrocities and murders committed by in by and in the name of socialism. Can you imagine having this coffee mug in your office? I mean, it's not in your face, so nobody's going to be able to really look at it unless they get all up on it. And then if they get up all on it, then you got an educational moment. You get an opportunity to teach, and that's what our Liberty First gear does. Let me go ahead and flip right over here. 
on the YouTube channel so you guys can see here. Go to Liberty First uh, Gear at ChrisAnnHall.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, then you have the tickers at the bottom. So ChrisAnnHall.com, click on the shop, then go to the Liberty Gear, get your t-shirts, get your coffee mugs, get your phone cases. We got a, awesome phone cases out there for you, just, just trying to help you educate others. Speaking of educating others, Brexit. Now, uh, Brexit is something that I wrote about before it, uh, before it happened. I made the legal and historical case for Brexit. I'm going to be republishing that article just as a refresher for everybody understanding why Brexit was not only legally appropriate, but historically appropriate. But it's, it's, it's not going so well. And it's not going so well because the politicians don't want to let go of the, of the EU. They don't, this like massive money laundering system they got going on here. And they don't want to let go of it. And the people, the people are demanding, hey, it's time. We already voted on this. We already told you. Let's get out now. Let's do it. You know, stop moving around. Stop avoiding this. This is something that needs to happen. And I want to read to you uh, a post from my friend, our friend, dear friend, Robin Kerner. We've had Robin on the show before, and hopefully we will have him on again soon. Robin and I have worked together on on uh, several things. Uh, we had a, a website, MagnaCarta.com, for the Magna Carta uh, anniversary, and we created a new Magna Carta for the United States. Really, really good stuff. But Robin says, uh, he said yesterday, he said, until today, the UK could, oh, let me tell you before I keep going, Robin is newly American, a new American citizen. He was a British national, but now he's, yay, Robin. Robin is a citizen of the United States, but he still has an attachment to, to the UK. And I mean, that's natural. I mean, that's where he grew up. That's where his family lives. That's where his, his heart lies. But he, he now has a new love a new love in America, and that's why he became a citizen. And he says, until today, meaning yesterday, the UK could reasonably be called a representative democracy built on broad principles of liberty. That is no longer true. And Britain's situation is now a very close analogy to that of the colonists in the 1770s. The American Revolution was essentially a conservative enterprise, like all revolutions in Anglo history, as it was conducted by a people aware of their basic rights against a political elite that was in the midst of ignoring them to the point of oppression. Ha! <laughs> Liberty first student. He says, um, Robin knew a lot of this stuff before he met me, but we were able to to fill in some greater details for you. He says, the correct course for, for the British now is the course taken by the patriots of the colonies. He says, and I would say they would have even greater justification than existed in the 1770s. He says, today I heard a regular guy in the UK say he's ready to take up arms. I feel the same. It is probably just as well that I am here and American. You are witnessing in Great Britain the reason that quote, the British men, unquote, who wrote the Declaration of Independence, Constitution, and Bill of Rights included the Second Amendment. 
I can't believe I'm typing that, Robin says, but it's true. And what is happening in the UK shows how fast a stable polity can become a tyranny. I weep for the country of my birth. When the time comes, I hope the people of my new country will at least go down fighting. Well, Robin, I believe that that will be the case. But I believe also, as we've said many times on this show, America has a long way to go before, the, before our conclusion of picking up arms is our only resolve. We have so many more uh, remedies available to us here in America than even Great Britain had. Because you see, our independence from Great Britain created a, a, a place where rights of the people were more secure, where the people if of a confederation of states held a, an invaluable and, and irreversible legally speaking, external check and balance on the federal government that does not require the picking up of arms. Those of you who are longtime Liberty First listeners, longtime Chris Ann Hall show listeners know, I have said innumerable times and given multiple instructions on how our ability to control government extends beyond the picking up of arms and that to say that we are are at that point here in America where our only option is to pick up arms is to deny not only the history that our founders gave us but also the the sacrifices that they made to give us tools beyond that I mean, if you remember from our, our, if you're a Liberty First University student and you have taken our two classes, the right to keep and bear arms class and the great debate class, then you know that the whole purpose of the Bill of Rights was not to control the government. We didn't need to control the federal government with a Bill of Rights. We didn't need to add additional controls. The Constitution is the ultimate control because the Constitution declares then if their powers are not delegated, they don't exist. So they made an affirmative list of authority. And this is, this is relevant to the show today as well, because we're going to be talking about a certain aspect of the federal government escaping that affirmative list, expanding their power, the Trump administration trying to reduce the size of that expanded power, not eliminate it. You know, I'm like, woohoo, let's just get rid of it. But the Trump administration trying to reduce the size of an expanded unconstitutional authority and then a bipartisan resistance to that, right? So what we have is the federal government has not only enumerated, but it also has defined limited powers. And anything beyond that enumeration is an unconstitutional, unlawful, and I'll tell you, criminal exercise of authority. Even the big government guy, Alexander Hamilton, said, look, if it's not on the list, they don't have the authority to do it. And that's really, really important because he and Madison and, and Wilson, the, the, the people who were on the Federalist side, said, look, 
If it's not on the list, they can't do it because it would be absurd to even have a list if they could just do whatever they wanted if it's not on the list, right? A list is absurd if the list has no meaning. A list is absurd if any power is possible. And so what we have to understand here is that we have a list. And we also have an external check and balance resting within our states that does not exist in Great Britain. The greatest gift the founders of America gave to the American people was the opportunity to self-govern, to control their government without battle. And I fear our greatest condemnation is our refusal to self-govern. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I just want to remind you of the article. Uh, go to chrisannhall.com and keep looking for an article, Historical Proof, Why Britain Must Brexit. And what's interesting is that historical proof, it's not up just yet. Maybe by the time we, the, the show gets published, it, it will be up, but it's not up just yet. So keep checking back at chrisannhall.com. Oh, and by the way, if you're not signed up for our Liberty Alerts, then you need to get signed up for our Liberty Alerts. And um, you can do that through Twitter or you can contact us through the website we're working on getting that established on the website, so all you can do is click and click and click, and then it's yours. Um, uh, shh, don't tell JC. I'll tell you a, a secret on how to get. It's it's something that we only use for the meetings, <laughs> but don't tell JC because he doesn't want me to. It, it costs us money to do this. <laughs> So right now, I want you to know, if you want to sign up for our Liberty Alerts and the articles and the and the radio shows and stuff, will come to the website or will come straight to your emails. Um, you can text Liberty First, one word, Liberty First to 444-999. So 444-999, text Liberty First, one word, and then you can, you can become a member of our Liberty First Brigade. Sign up for our Liberty for uh, alerts and then you can then you'll know when we publish the article because I'll send an email out on that too so basically uh what Robin was telling us in his oh man I just it breaks my heart in his email in his Facebook post that uh these this is the history that drives the necessity for the the uh British people to actually stand up and do something the history that he's talking about in his post is outlined in detail in my article, uh, Why why uh, Britain Must Brexit. So we'll make sure you get up there. Now, uh, history, 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 history. You know, we are a constitutional radio show. We are a historical radio show. And on April 4th, that's today, 1789, the first U.S. Congress begins their regular session. 
which is interesting because during the second U.S. Congress, James Madison is a congressman uh, for uh, the people of the state of Virginia, and he makes a very, very important and historical plea to Congress regarding the fact that congressional power is limited and defined. And we actually have that that argument before Congress documented at chrisannhall.com. It's in an article titled Government Charity Unconstitutional and Unlawful. So go to chrisannhall.com and uh, find the article. You know, the the website has pictures that scroll like uh, Hulu or Netflix now. And you can scroll through all the articles, all of the radio shows. You can find the article titled Government Charity Unconstitutional and Unlawful. And let James Madison explain to you why HUD is unconstitutional. Housing, uh, the Housing, Urban, and Development Division of the Federal Government. And what's interesting is how many of your Republicans that call themselves conservatives run on a platform of smaller government, uh, more, mani- more, I don't think they want to, you know, really reduce the budget. They sometimes equivocate, say more manageable budget. They are supposedly, the Republican Party is supposedly the party of the Constitution. And so uh, now we have the, the Trump administration is trying to make reasonable cuts to HUD. As a matter of fact, um, Ben Carson said that we have an obligation of stewardship that requires these cuts. And we now have a bipartisan, are you listening to me now? It doesn't even matter about the Democrat majority in the House. We have bipartisan resistance to the the trimming of spending in government. So ranking Republican on the HUD Appropriations Committee, Committee Representative Mario Diaz-Balart of Florida, which who, who is, by the way, what I would call a conservative socialist, not really a Republican, but a conservative socialist, told Ben Carson that, sh- that, um, that we are unlikely to agree on the cuts put forward. We'll talk about this more when we get back. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Monday through Thursday and twice on Saturday. We've been doing this now for six years. So we have lots of shows to get caught up on. We have lots of material in uh, in, in our, our bucket of stuff. And if you run across somebody, we, we have this sometimes on, on uh, 
happen on Facebook and on social media, Twitter, that sort of thing. Chrisanne, are you just picking on Donald Trump? Why didn't you talk about this stuff when Obama was president? Well, go ahead and laugh there. Our longtime members of the Liberty First Brigade, you know that we talk, we are not uh, uh, party bound. We are not driven by tribalism. We are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality. Which means when I'm talking about the good things that Donald Trump is doing, please don't call me a sycophant because if you wait a few minutes, I'm probably going to point out something that he's not doing properly. So like healthcare, right? No, no business doing healthcare. But I, like I said in the, in the couple segments ago, I'm really, really excited um, oh no, I haven't talked about that yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I'm really excited about something that Donald Trump is doing. And I'm wondering, is Donald Trump listening to the Chris Ann Hall show? Or is somebody in the administration listening to the Chris Ann Hall show? Because, um, we talked about this last week. But anyway, let me, let me get into this, this HUD thing. And then we'll move on to why I'm excited about something that Donald Trump has done. So what we have now is... Ben Carson, who is trying to make cuts to HUD spending, saying that, look, we we have to be good stewards of the people's money. Imagine that. Somebody in federal government actually wanting to be good stewards of the people's money says, look, we need to cut some of this spending. And so Republicans are opposing the spending cuts. Why? Because they are not true conservatives. They are conservative socialists. They are conservative uh, only because I want to be kind, but socialists mostly. You know, I wonder if that's not one of the major fallings of the Republican Party, that the Republicans let anybody call themselves Republican. A Democrat wouldn't allow that. I remember in Florida, there was a representative, uh, a young black lady, representative Democrat, who was pro-right to keep and bear arms. Man, the Democrat Party just crucified her. I mean, she's a, a black lady, too. And as a Democrat, pro a right to keep and bear arms, pro-rights of the property of the people. They just absolutely crucified her. Yet the Republican Party says absolutely nothing about these Republicans who call themselves Republicans but are truly socialist in their ideology and in the bills and, and their motivations in government. So Maine Republican Susan Collins, another conservative socialist, who chairs the Senate panel that oversees HUD, says, uh, says to Carson that she was deeply troubled by many of the administration's proposal. Her quote is, low-income households face an affordable housing shortage across the country, and in many locations, that shortage is reaching crisis levels. How many of you, like me, are sick and tired of this term crisis? You know, I wish JC was, was with us today because he has a background in psychology and there's, there's, there's a psychological phenomenon where people's conscience becomes seared because of constant barrage. It's, it's how people become uh, really sort of 
immune to certain sensations and certain uh, flavors. I mean, the whole term nose blind is a physiological display of that, but that happens mentally as well. We can become so overwhelmed by a constant psychological uh, bombardment that it, it, it simply doesn't affect us anymore. We become mind blind. How about that? We become mind blind. And I have, I am becoming mind blind to this word crisis. Every time I turn around, the media's this crisis, that crisis, the politicians, this crisis, that crisis, and it's becoming absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely fundamentally ridiculous. I know you would think that the, the American people cannot leave their houses on a daily basis without some kind of potentially tragic or, or I don't even know how to put it in words, some potentially tragic event happening to them 35 seconds from their door. As many crises that we deal today, crisis levels of people having low, not having low income housing. And he says, uh, Carson, uh, according to NPR, says Carson did a little did little to push back, but said the administration wants to provide safe, decent, and affordable housing while being good stewards of taxpayer dollars. Good stewards. You know how you be good stewards of taxpayer dollars? You stop spending them on things that are not authorized by the Constitution. I just want to, I want to, in our article on chrisannhall.com about the unconstitutionality of charity, I just want to, to point out to you uh, a conversation that was had by the 1831 Congress, uh, led by Congressman James Blair and uh, Congressman uh, James Polk, who, by the way, would become the 11th president of the United States. So in 1831, uh, the argument is about supplying wood for the poor of Georgetown. Now, the mayor of Georgetown sent a letter to the House of Representatives asking for relief of the poor of that city and soliciting the House to grant donations of, of just some wood in the vaults of the Capitol for their use. Now, this was a pretty hot debate, but we don't talk about it too much because of the relevance and the power of the argument against this kind of charity. Now, Congressman James Polk, in a showing of moral character and commitment to the Constitution that is rarely seen today, even by Republicans, Polk said he knew that it would be viewed as an ungracious, as being ungracious to oppose a resolution on behalf of the suffering poor of this district or of any other. But he went on to oppose the resolution of the House to offer support, he said, the president, the, I'm sorry, the precedent of appropriating the public funds for such a purpose was a bad one. He said that if they allowed this seemingly small act of charity, then every winter when the snow fell or the Potomac was frozen, applications would be made to Congress and members would be engaged in the dignified object of buying and stowing wood to give to the poor of the District Columbia. And Polk says, the House, quote, 
had not the power to make the donation requested. He said it's not the amount he objected to, but that the representatives came to legislate on great concerns of the nation not to get, now listen, not to give away public property. See, that's something that we've lost sight of here. Taxes are not federal funds. It's not federal revenue. It is our money. And it's not their money to give away on charity. James Blair, congressman for South Carolina, he gets right to the point and he offers up a new thing. He says, if we have the power to vote millions of public money to feed and clothe the suffering poor, then they have, uh, oh, he says, if we have the power also then to give away millions, he says, if you're going to give away wood, then we can give away millions to clothe and feed people. He says, the House has no right to give away the public for any such purpose. And if the gentlemen were so disposed to be liberal, let them be liberal out of their own money. And then poked move that the sergeant of arms be required to deduct from the compensation of the members of this House on a day's pay and deliver the sum to the mayor of Georgetown to be applied for the purchase of fuel for the paupers of that town. Provided, he said, that such deductions be made from compensation of such members only as vote in favor of the resolution. It is theft for the federal government to take your money and give it to someone else. If you have a stowage of wood for your own personal property, can someone drive from another state and come and load up their their trailer and take it off without your permission? Well, of course not. And this is what, what Polk and this is, this is what these congressmen were talking about, Polk and Blair. So if the neighbor from the next state cannot come over and take the wood from your backyard without your permission, then the federal government can't take money from you to provide wood for somebody else without your permission. And by the way, the collection of taxation is not an ultimate permission. When the government collects taxes from you, it is on the explicit basis that they're only going to spend that money on things that are constitutionally authorized. Our permission through taxation is a permission for a limited and defined government, not for the government to spend on whatever they think is appropriate. Because if that be the case, then what is the limit of federal power? If they can do whatever they want, however they want, to whatever extent they want. And that's what what Polk and Blair were talking about. And that's what Madison also talks about. And I think this segues into the next HUD thing, right? So Ben Carson, this big HUD meeting in Washington, D.C., that's why we get this this new... uh, talking points and all of this. So Ben Carson is also questioned on the HUD's lack of LGBTQ non-discrimination guidance. And so what's happened now is HUD has repealed not the anti-discriminations, but the guidance on how to apply anti-discrimination, and they haven't replaced it with new guidance. And so what we have now is a situation where certain congressmen are upset 
because the federal government isn't providing what they think to be adequate guidance on how to apply the restrictions. When we come back, I'll show you how that applies to an unlimited government. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I guess having my socialist suck uh, coffee mug was was quite providential today based on the uh, subject matter today. If you're watching us on YouTube, you know that we have the socialist suck comes in in t-shirt form too. So go to chrisannhall.com, go to the shop and help your conservative socialist in the Republican Party understand why socialism is bad. So here's the thing. HUD repealed guidance on how to deal with non-discrimination clauses. And there are people saying, look, without this guidance, how are people going to know how not to discriminate? As a matter of fact, uh, a congressman named Quigley says, how will these grantees comply with the regs without this guidance? (laughs) How do we breathe without the federal government telling us how to suck in and blow out, basically, right? And Carson simply responds, um, well, the guidance has gotten rid of. We got rid of that in 2012 and in 2016. Notice 2012, before Trump was president, they already eliminated a great deal of those those guidances. And then we said, look, we're, we're not going to put in what you want because that actually creates more confusion. Now, let me tell you something. First, number one, HUD has no constitutional authority to exist. Number two, if Congress is going to allow the federal, is going to propose that federal government engage in charity, then they cannot discriminate. But here's the point I want to make. If the federal government can engage in housing subsidies, which is not authorized by the Constitution. And that creates a government allowed to do things that are unauthorized, an unlimited government. Any exercise of power beyond the limitation, beyond the authorization, is an unauthorized, unlimited government. And so with these representatives all upset because they're afraid the federal government is going to discriminate, right? I want to I want to propose to them. You've already created by your own permission a federal government that is unlimited in its power. How can you complain when an unlimited government doesn't abide abide by your limits? You have created this monster, so don't cry when the federal government doesn't limit its power. Don't cry when there's an administration in the office that doesn't share your belief system and doesn't want to be confined by your limits because you're the ones that created the unlimited government to begin with. If you want a limited and defined government, if you want a government that's going to comply with the rules, then don't create a government outside the rules. So again, there should be no housing. Government should never discriminate on any citizens, against any citizens' application to government funding, ever. But when you have a government that is outside the box of limited and defined, don't cry to me when they act in an unlimited capacity because you did that. 
You did that. So don't cry for more money and then cry because they're acting unlimited when they give out that money. So you can't have it both ways. You simply can't. And I just, before we want to go, I want to talk about what Donald Trump has done on the border. Does Donald Trump listen to the Chris Ann Hall show? <laughs> Does someone from the Trump administration listen to the Chris Ann Hall show? Man, that would be so awesome. I'm not so arrogant to think that to be so. But nonetheless, uh, there are other people saying this too. Maybe there's this loud a resounding plea that is reverberating off the walls of the White House. So Donald Trump, we talked about this earlier in the week, Donald Trump has threatened to close down the U.S.-Mexico border, but he just came out yesterday and said, okay, maybe I'm not going to close the border right now, but Congress has got to close the loopholes. This is our our clapping sound effect, right? Since I don't have one, I'll give you one of my own. Donald Trump has been absolutely brilliant at pointing the finger back at Congress. How amazing is that? Now we have him saying, okay, fine. Um, I'm not going to do this because y'all are having a tissy about this. So why don't you have Congress do their job because it is their job to do the immigration thing and to close down these loopholes. Not only that, we've got HUD trying to cut back on the budget and they're saying, look, Congress... You're the one that said we should be trying to balance out our budget, Republican Congress, and now you're going to have to oppose me when I try to do it. I, I just, I can't be more happy about an administration that points fingers back to accountability of this negligent Congress. God bless you guys. We'll see you on our Saturday edition. <laughs>